Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day, getting us into God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong in our faith and even grow stronger in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But being in God's Word every day keeps us in touch with our relationship with God. It helps us keep focused also on our spiritual lives and have a better mindset to be able to be able to deal with all that life throws at us every day. And life throws at a lot at us every day. Now, we always encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can every day. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But we encourage you, share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You know people who need to turn their lives around, who need to get into God's Word, who need to start thinking about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. So share these studies and help them do exactly that. You may even help somebody get to heaven. That'll be a great blessing for them and also for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. Now, we've been developing <clears throat> this particular series for quite a while now. We began with the first three sections asking the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Now, this is a question that is in the mind of a whole lot of people on a recurring basis and basically all through time, probably going back nearly to the point of the beginning of mankind at the creation, or shortly thereafter, once they became sinners and all the consequences of sin started to interact into their lives. Well, in that first section, asking this question, why do bad things happen to good people? We said the bottom line answer, succinct, sin. That's it. When sin entered the picture, when man became sinful, then all of the bad consequences that go along with Sin took place, it became a reality within the lives of mankind. So sickness, sorrow, pain, suffering, dying, all kinds of violence, wickedness, immorality, the list goes on and on and on. In the second section, we talked about how we have a perspective of goodness from our mindset that we kind of place upon people we know around us. We say those are good people, and but then we need to understand goodness from God's perspective, from his point of view, as laid out in the scriptures, and the two are not always equivalent. We think somebody might be a good person, or there might be some good people over there, we know, but they're not living godly lives. They're not living in faithfulness to God. They're not trying to live the faithful life of Christianity. And so they're not necessarily good people from God's perspective. So we need to understand that. Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, people we would declare to be good people are not always necessarily truly good people from God's perspective. In the third section, we began to look at a number of different factors that contribute to bad things happening to even truly good people. Truly good people sometimes make mistakes that then bring bad consequences. Uh, they're not trying to make bad mistakes, but they make choices sometimes through a lack of 
proper discernment in making those decisions. They, maybe they don't ask God into the picture, whatever the might, it might be, but they make some bad choices, and so bad results happen. But then there are other factors, too. Some people just go through life, and God's not even in their head. So they're going to suffer some bad consequences naturally. And some of those people, we might say they're good people, because for whatever reason, they're in our relationship in some way, and we think they're pretty good people. We like them. But they're not necessarily good people in God's eyes because they're not living godly lives. In fact, God's not much in their head. Well, then there are sinful, wicked, evil people who do things that result in kind of fallout, bad consequences on innocent people who may be good people. And then there are sometimes some things that are just part of living in this world. This physical life in this physical world, well, bad things happen. Illness, suffering, pain, sorrow, sickness, dying, accidents, injuries, violence, wars, the list goes on and on. And oftentimes innocent people, even good people who are innocent, they just kind of get caught in the fallout. Well, in this fourth section, we've turned the question around. And certainly, why do bad things happen to good people is a prominent question in the minds of a lot of people on an ongoing basis throughout the generations. But here's the other side of the ledger, so to speak. Why do good things happen to bad people? And I suspect that that also is a very common question in the minds of a lot of people, and it recurs on an ongoing basis. Now, we looked at, we looked at the psalmist in Psalm 73, and he talked about, now right in the beginning, he said, oh, God is, God is good, basically is what he was saying. God is good to the pure in heart. In other words, God is going to be good to the people who are living their lives faithfully before him. But then he goes on, and that was the lesson he had learned, and he lays that out right in the opening statement. But then he goes on and he says, but my feet had almost slipped. I'd almost stumbled. And so then he goes into a rather detailed discourse of how he became confused for a period of time in his life, looking at wicked people, unrighteous people, ungodly people who seemed to be having it just peachy keen. Everything was just great with them. Even when they died, it wasn't in, in it going through agony of dying. It, it's, they just died. And, and they were getting away with all kinds of wickedness and nothing was happening to them. And so pride became like a necklace around their neck. And he goes on and on. And then he says, I had a hard time understanding this, why it was so. I'm I, I, probably he was, he was trying to get across, I'm struggling. I've, I've tried to live a godly life, but I've been struggling. But then these wicked people over here, it seems like nothing happens to them, and they're getting away with it, and they're prospering in the process. I had a hard time understanding until I went into the house of the Lord. And then when he looked more deeply into the matter, he realized they're not pulling the wool over God's eyes. God knows exactly what they're doing, and God's going to hold them accountable. And the way they're living their life right now, it's like they're on a slippery slope. They're living to their own destruction, ultimately, if they do not repent and turn, turn their lives around by coming to God. 
Well, we also looked in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verses 11 through 13, where the wise man Solomon wrote that, that a lot of times people, they take comfort and even security in not realizing any immediate punishment for their sins. So they think, I got away with it. Everything's okay. No big deal. But he says, just because there's been a delay in judgment upon them does not mean they're getting away with it. And ultimately, that's what the psalmist was saying in Psalm 73. Jeremiah also talked about that in Jeremiah chapter 12 and verses, uh, Jeremiah chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. We wonder at times why the wicked prosper. But they're not getting away with it. Again, God knows exactly what's going on, and we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, ultimately, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, and give account of the things done in the body, whether good or bad. The psalmist in Psalm 10 wrote this, Why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride persecutes the poor. Let them be caught in the plots which they have devised. For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire. He blesses the greedy. He renounces the Lord. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. His ways are always prospering. Your judgments are far above, out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he sneers at them. He has said in his heart, I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue is trouble and iniquity. Well, again, this psalmist goes into quite a lengthy discourse describing how it looks like wicked people are getting away with it, even prospering. They're being arrogant and boastful in their pride that they're doing whatever they want to do, and nothing seems to be happening to him. But in verse 14, he says, But you have seen, for you observe trouble and grief. To repay it by your hand, the helpless commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness until you find none. The Lord is king forever. The nations have perished out of his hand. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear, to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may oppress no more. Well, the, psalm, the psalmist begins talking about how, again, it seems like the wicked are prospering. They're getting away with it. Nothing happens, nothing's happening to them. But he comes full circle and he says, oh, oh yeah, that's, their time is coming. They're not getting away with it. God knows exactly what's going on and he will call them to account. And unless they have repented before, they're going to have to face his judgment. We're going to look a little bit deeper next time. We're going to look at some New Testament scriptures that talk about how we just need to stay the course as righteous followers of God. We need to strive to be faithful to him, even in the face of what might seem like inequity when we look around and see wickedness seeming to prevail without consequence. There is consequence, and there will be consequence. 
and we need to take we need to take heart that God is the ultimate judge and he will be righteous in his judgments let's pray father in heaven thank you for being our judge thank you father for being the blessing giver and the one who promises us that as we walk with you consistently in faithfulness you will bless us accordingly and help us to always take heart in your righteousness and never be deceived by the devil's appearance of helping people get away with things that are ungodly and unrighteous. Help us to always remember that you know exactly what's going on and you will hold all accountable for their actions. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.